Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Thursday, December 16th, ahead of the matchup tomorrow versus the Denver Nuggets here in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena. The Hawks, earlier this week, have certainly had a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type week, dropping a contest on Monday to the team with the fifth worst record in the NBA in the Houston Rockets at home after being up 19 points to lose by six. Again, up 19 points, lose by six to the Rockets at home. And then a couple days later, Sense of urgency, went into this team, did a business trip down to Orlando, taking on the second worst team in the NBA in a divisional opponent in the Orlando Magic. Won that one in rather decisive fashion. But what was the difference between the two performances? Plus, we're going to talk about, you know, it's Christmas time, holiday season. Holiday season! And I'm going to list some things that the Hawks need to ask for this year for Christmas and hopefully get some of these gifts sooner rather than later. And maybe an early Christmas gift. It don't hurt nobody. But what they need to ask for this year to have a successful rest of their 2021-2022 NBA campaign. And then the word of the week around the Hawks facility. Urgency. Sense of urgency. Especially after a Monday's loss. We're going to talk more about that word. But first, this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, 
Sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, we are back. And I was going to record right after the Houston game, especially looking at the reactions on Twitter. Um, Certainly, I was reacting on Twitter to that game, but I kind of wanted to let it breathe a little bit. There was a lot of emotional Hawk supporters taking to social media that questioned a lot of things, mainly that fourth quarter performance for the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, it's a running theme. Another fourth quarter collapse as the Hawks allowed 44 points in the quarter to lose at home on Monday night. Hawks have now lost five straight at State Farm Arena after starting 8-1, which was one of the best home records in the NBA at the time. Hawks, again, up 19 points and lost the game on Monday night. They let Eric Gordon and DJ Augustine, two vets and solid vets, go loco against us. Side note, Eric Gordon, who I saw in the article with, I want to say Sports Illustrated, Type of player that I think would be a great fit for this Hawks team as a veteran. Off-ball player, can catch and shoot, create his own shot. He's a veteran, physical, can play downhill, get to the free throw line. You know, stocky kind of guy. And there's rumors that he may be available at the trade deadline for a potential contender. And Hawks could look that way potentially. Um, I think they it's worth a shot. I mean, he is older. He is injury prone. But... You know, just putting the the word out there. Um, He's pretty much everything you would want in a veteran two guard playing against Trey Young. But I digress. Just want to throw that out there. But back to Monday night. The defense for the Hawks evaporated. Ball movement stopped. And this started before the fourth quarter. I kind of saw it coming in the third quarter when the Rockets were just hanging around, hanging around. Still in striking distance, playing well. I mean, knocking down shots. They knocked down a lot of shots, and they had a quiet sense of confidence throughout the duration of that game that they thought they had a shot. And I'm sure they watched film and seen the Hawks kind of take the foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter, you know, time after time after time, and knew they had a shot. Hawks had multiple chances to put this team away. And again, they just let them continue to hit jump shots, get second chances. And we let an undersized, undersized Houston Rockets team out-rebound us. They shot better from three-point land. Uh, And obviously, three-point shooting is one of the big parts of the Houston Rockets game. You have to key in on that when you take on the Houston Rockets. They have a lot of jump shooters. They're not known for, I mean, they have people who can penetrate and get to the cup, but they live and die by the three ball. They shoot some of the most three-pointers in the league, and we let them shoot better than us from the three-point line. We only had 20 team assists, which is not going to cut it any game, let alone against the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets, on the flip side, 27 team assists. They were moving the ball, sharing the ball. Houston Killed us on a fast break and outscored us in the paint. The Hawks wasted a great performance from Trey Young, 
who had 41 points on 14 of 22 shooting, nine assists, four rebounds, one of his most efficient games of the year. Did have seven seven turnovers, but I mean, primary ball handler is going to happen. Going to have to cut down that number. But as a team, the Hawks, one of the best in the league and not turning the ball over. So, eh, kind of arbitrary. But still, great game from Trey Young. But rest of the team, eh. John Collins only got nine shots, had 14 points. Kevin Herter, bad game, both ends of the floor. Shot two of 10 Monday night, one of seven from three, only had five points. The bench has some good contributions from Gallo, who's been really good as of late. One of the best leading scorers off the bench in the NBA in the month of December. Shooting really well from the floor. Ken Reddish, who's been playing a lot better since those trade rumors started heating back up for his services. Other teams wanting him. Lou Will and Gorgie Jang all had good performances off the bench. Three of those guys that I mentioned were in double digits, but they were still outplayed by Houston's bench, who had five guys in double digits. Five off the bench in double digits. It was just a bad night for the Hawks. And everyone on social media sounding off, you know, put Nate on the hot seat, fire Nate, we suck. These are all extreme overreactions to just one game. It's one game, one game, just one game. Yes, it was a terrible loss. And even I was taken aback from watching that train wreck that was the fourth quarter and just seeing it unfold. And, you know, I watched it with my dad and even he was like, they're going to lose. And I didn't want to hear it, but the more I watched it, the more you're like, damn, they're going to lose. And I was even on Twitter saying it was time for a come to Jesus meeting with this team. Again, you know, it's a mid-December game, a lot of season left. Trey Young's dad even said, hey, we're probably going to still end up in the top five in the East. I agree. They're probably still going to end up there. But some things certainly need to change, and there's some concerns, especially when we talk about Hawks' fourth quarter. I mean, huge concern there. And here are my concerns as of right now. Accountability on the defensive end. You know, who is going to hold people accountable on the court? And that comes to my next point. Needing an on-court leader in games to make sure that the team is communicating, checking, you know, checking each other on the court and being that that cheerleader, that guy that is going to, you know, lift and inspire the team, say, hey, we need to get in the right position. Like I talk about it on Twitter. We don't have a Marcus Smart or a Draymond Green on this team who is going to, you know, bark and bite. We don't have that guy. When, you know, push comes to shove and there is, you know, you know, people challenging Trey Young and stuff like that. We don't really have that guy that's going to go over there and maybe not swing on anybody, because obviously we don't want to get anybody, you know, suspended, lose out on their you know, our services for a punch thrown, but be that guy to bow up and say, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, that alpha, like we have some guys who certainly want to take charge. And I'm not saying Trey Young's not an alpha. He's definitely an alpha, but 
We need someone who is going to be, and I say this all the time on Twitter, that enforcer, that enforcer, whether it's, you know, ensuring that everyone is doing what they're supposed to do outside of the coach, outside of timeouts, on the court, communicating, barking out orders, picking up each other on the court. And you see that some of that. I mean, this team is close. I mean, they certainly like each other, but you need someone that is willing to be that villain. And we don't have that person who is willing to be that villain outside of Trey Young. And I feel like that's something that this Hawks team is missing. And that goes into accountability. Someone who's going to, you know, maybe not always be the nice guy. Be the guy to say, hey, you need to do this. We need to do this. And take accountability on themselves. And certainly everybody on this team, when they talk to the media, they are transparent about what they need to do to get better. But... Just having that alpha, that presence when adversity strikes, when backs against the wall, pressure situations. You can look to this guy, whether he's contributing in points, you know, a defensive stopper, whatever his role is, you can point to and say he's going to get them right. That's something I feel like the Hawks are missing. And, you know, someone needs to step up in that apartment, in that, that department. Um, Focusing for full, full 48 minutes. Hawks have talked about that already. And they did it somewhat in Orlando. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. But focusing for a full 48 minutes when you're playing the game. Ball movement in the fourth quarter. Slowing down. You know, I you know I reached out to Glenn, Glenn Willis. Shout out Glenn on Twitter. Um, if you don't follow him, you need to. I'm definitely going to plug him on my account. But... I asked them on Twitter, what is the stats as far as assists quarter to quarter? And there's certainly a drop off from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. He provided those stats and I did retweet that tweet. So you can definitely go check that out. But he talked about definitely the offense kind of simplifying in the fourth quarter, streamlining it to say, hey, this is the action we need to get over the hump to execute down the stretch. But. At times, our offense is becoming stagnant in the fourth quarter, and we're not getting other people incorporated into the offensive game plan down the stretch. That's something that the Hawks have to work on. We have to work on, you know, that secondary play that is developing outside of the two-man or three-man game that is going on, you know, that primary action in the offensive set. That's something that needs to improve in the fourth quarter. I feel like it's a mentality thing. You got to have the mentality. And I talk about this, you know, as a former offensive tackle. Obviously, protect the quarterback, you know, playing, you know, the blind side, pass blocking. It was a mentality. You you have your technique. You have to work on footwork, you know, you know, hand placement, you know, being combative, understanding your opponent. But you got to have that mentality that you're not letting this person get past you. And I feel like defense is a mentality. You have to have a mentality to say, hey, I'm going to keep you out of the paint. I'm going to box out and get this rebound. I'm going to challenge this shot, go for this loose ball. I'm going to jump this lane as far as, you know, jumping and passing lanes. I'm going to keep you in front. I feel like those are, you know, there are intangibles and physical things that you can work on to help you become a better defender. But in the end, whether you're talented in that department or not, 
it is a mentality. And that's something that takes a step back, I feel like, in the fourth quarter. And this team has talked about it, so it's not like I'm calling them out. This team is self-aware of this, and they've addressed it, and they need to continue to address this throughout the rest of the regular season. And, yes, I hear you guys on Twitter. Maybe some of the rotations that Nate McMillan, you know, is using in the games and certain stretches are in too long. I see that at times, 100%. But all of these people putting all of this as far as his rotations, he sucks. He sucks as rotations. It's not entirely correct. And I'm going to challenge you on this. If you're listening to this podcast and you're one of those people who consistently say this, I'm going to challenge you. Hawks had these problems last year, fourth quarter, especially under Lloyd Pierce. They had these same problems last year. They didn't necessarily close out every game as well when Damon Millen was there. They closed out more than they didn't in that hot stretch when Damon Millen took the helm. But they had these problems last year. And like I said, rotations or not, I feel like here's the thing. When you talk about rotations, as far as who works well with who and how long to keep a certain lineup in, yes, that's on the coach. Coach has to be aware of that. Coach has to call the timeouts to, you know, stop runs to make sure, hey, I probably need to get this guy out as far as a matchup. We need to put this guy in. Yes, that's something that Nate McMillan at times is slow on the draw for. And I get that. But you can only play with who you have available. And a lot of guys are hurt. Here's another thing. Many of these guys and these rotations that you're criticizing Nate McMillan for putting out there were on the team last year. And remember, I said before, they had some of these problems last year as well. So as much as you want to put that on Nate McMillan, he certainly has some blame. This is a personnel problem as well. This is a personnel problem. If this continues to happen, and it's happened with multiple coaches, at some point, when are you, as a supporter, going to say, maybe it's our personnel, and just not quickly point to the head coach? The head coach, yes, he has responsibilities, and there's problems that Navy Miller has to work out. But personnel is a big part of this, too. You can only play with who you got. And personnel is a little bit bigger than Nate McMillan. That's management. Travis Schlank, he's done a great job, but, you know, this is not a finished product. It's not a finished product. That's why I say a move or a trade could be had because this is not a finished product. This offseason is going to be big. We're not a finished product. And, again, you know, speaking to the fans, how quickly do we forget the turnaround that Nate McMillan had last year with this team. How quickly we forget, you know, him leading to the Eastern Conference Finals. And yes, he's not perfect, especially on the offensive end. We need to be more creative and incorporate more movement to help get cleaner looks on the offensive end. And that will make it not as easy for defenses to key in on one thing to slow us down, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. But this is not entirely a Nate McMillan problem. So all those people calling for his job after 28 games, after success last year, stop. Just please stop. Get some help. Yes, again, 
he needs to get better. But players got to be locked in for 48 minutes, play, play team basketball, and blame needs to be evenly distributed across the organization. It's going to take the entire staff and the entire team to turn this around. And I will say this again. If some players are not playing consistently to a level that they need to be playing, and we're continuing to play 500 ball mid to late January with a relatively healthy roster, as the all-star break nears, I expect the Hawks to potentially make a move, especially with people calling about the availability of Cam Reddish. So continue to watch that. We're going to continue to monitor that, okay? Like I said, I hear where you guys are coming from. Nate has to get better with rotations, yes. But when you have a lot of injuries, it's going to be hard to see who fits with who, and you got to manage minutes. You know, there's foul trouble. There is matchups. There are a lot of things to account for. And if it was so easy as far as managing rotations, that's a hard thing for a coach to do. That's not an easy thing. If it was so easy, everybody complaining about it, you should have his job and, and manage those rotations as well. See how easy it is. But I digress. I mean, certainly, there is a sense of urgency in amongst the team for the Atlanta Hawks. That word was thrown around a lot before heading down to Orlando yesterday. And we saw a locked-in Atlanta Hawks basketball team take care of business down in Orlando. They played defense. 12 steals on the defensive end. Really active hands. I love seeing that. They are sharing the ball. 25 team assist. They need to get better on the glass. Giving up 12 offensive rebounds, that's inexcusable, especially to an undersized Orlando Magic team. Yes, they're young, they're hungry, they're going to work. Just like Houston, young, hungry, they were working on Monday night. They're getting paid, you know, for a living to do this game, play this game too. So we can't discredit these teams, regardless of the record. And that's something that this Hawks team does not have a liberty of having, especially losing to the Rockets. You, you, you don't have that privilege to do that. You have to take care of business. They took care of business and got right momentarily. The differences were focus, attention to detail, sustained for most of the game. I'm going to say not 48 minutes, but I would say 42 minutes. 42 minutes they did that with some lapses and some spells. It's hard to maintain focus for 48 minutes. I mean, shoot. That's why everybody got ADHD right now. Everybody can't focus. Let's be real. But focus sustained for about 41, 42 minutes. Defense, pretty solid. Didn't give up 100 points last night. No complaints there. And you held their best player, Cole Anthony, to you know poor shooting night. That's a win. And Terrence Ross didn't kill you. That's a big win offensively. Um, I mean, defensively, I'm talking, referring to obviously the, the Orlando Magic's offense. But ball movement, better. As I said, 25 team assists compared to 20 on Monday night. Those five assists make a difference. Make a difference. And as far as finishing in the fourth quarter, I give the Hawks a C-. minus. Why? I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Looking at the Hawks, Trey Young continue to have a great year. You know, 28 points last night. John Collins rebounded last night, 21 points, 10 rebounds. The big three off the bench, Gallinari, Cam Reddish, and Lou Will combined for 37 points. There was a Sharif Cooper sighting, but 
Again, they need to play with a sense of urgency and focus every game. Every game. We don't need to lose to the Rockets or to an inferior opponent every time for this to happen. We need to sustain this every single game. Come in with this mentality every single game to focus, play defense, and let everything else you know, work itself out. Play hard. Play hard. Play with some heart. And they got to really play their best ball in the fourth quarter of each game. They have to key in fourth quarter. In football, you already know, fourth quarter starts, everybody put the fours up because you know you got one more quarter to leave it all on the line. You got to do that if you're the Hawks as well, especially with the blunders that you've been having in the fourth quarter this season and for the last couple of seasons. In my, But to be frank, even though the game was still in hand yesterday, they were outscored in the fourth quarter by the Magic by eight. And, you know, some subs were in. You know, they're going to play with some energy. They're going to go out and showcase what they do. But having the fourth quarter that you had with the Rockets, I wanted to see a dominating performance in the fourth quarter. That's why I give their fourth quarter performance a C-. And the Hawks' point differential in the fourth quarter is still one of the worst in the NBA. You need to continue to work on that and be a point of emphasis through the duration of the NBA season. We have to learn to close teams out. We have a really good Nuggets team. They're struggling. They have the same record as the Hawks, 14-14. and 14. They're playing 500 ball in the last 10 games. But even with the injuries, this is not going to be an easy opponent. You have, the four, you have the MVP from last year on this team. And certainly, he's going to do his thing and try to get everybody involved. And he does a really good job of obviously finding his shooters, you know, finding people cutting to the basket and giving them easy opportunities to score. We have to defend. Again, the Hawks have struggled from at home in the State Farm Arena. They've lost the last five games at home. So going into tomorrow against the Nuggets, we need to emphasize, again, playing 48 minutes. Defending, protecting home court. The Hawks continue to win on the road, which is great. It's great that you can win away from home. They've won five straight on the road. That's not an easy accomplishment. You got to, you know, tip your cap to the Hawks. That's why they're back at, you know, 500 right now. But this is a winnable game tomorrow versus Denver. I said it previous episode. I mean, shoot, Houston was a winnable game. We blew that at home. Again, the recent home games and the fourth quarter collapses, it's hard to trust the Hawks right now. We have to do this consistently. But here's the good news. The Hawks are, are going to get healthier. They're going to get healthier. Oyeko Kongu could possibly be coming back tomorrow. He's listed as probable on the injury report right now. We're going to get Bogey back in probably about two and a half weeks. We need to continue to weather this storm and execute with those who are on the floor right now and last thing i'm going to talk about wrapping up the program this christmas list for the atlanta hawks so tis the season for giving with the holiday season and i know what i'd like personally for christmas and hopefully you've done your christmas shopping too but the hawks need to do some shopping or have a wish list for santa to pull up to the state farm arena or wherever they're playing, wherever they take the show on the road at. They need these things to finish out the season where they want to be. And here's the thing. All of these things are obtainable. They're not like, you know, me as a kid asking for a trip to Disney World for Christmas. You know, that's, you know, it's not in the budget. That, that's I'm asking for a lot, you know. <laughs> but 
These are things that the Hawks need for Christmas and beyond, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Number one, health. Got to get healthier. Got to get healthier. Like I said, Okongwu is coming back probably in the next game or two. Bogey, about two and a half weeks out. You can expect DeAndre Hunter probably late January. Those are three key players coming back. That's obtainable. Now, obviously, we demand us the players who are healthy, you know, with, you know, Knicks and Nats, you know, going through this long NBA season. We're going to have to, you know, definitely monitor and manage that. And that's on the coaching staff and in this athletic staff, you know, medical staff. But health is coming. We have to be patient. We have to keep that in mind. You know, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then we'll get the complete picture of what we have with everybody healthy. But then obviously when they come back, we have to continue to integrate them and, you know, chemistry and all that. So it's going to continue to be a work in progress. I'd rather have it going, I'd rather have us healthy going into all-star break so then we can finish out the second half of the year strong. Something else on the Christmas list. We talk about fourth quarters. We need killer instinct in the fourth quarter. We need, like I said, that mentality in the fourth quarter that, this is where we play our best ball. It's time to, if we have a lead, put it, put this team out their misery. If we're behind, killer instinct, it's time to barrel down. It's time to execute. It's trying to get defensive stops. It's time to lock in, get that Mamba mentality that everyone likes to talk about, that killer instinct, and go out and attack the fourth quarter. That needs to be on the list. Kevin Herter to break out this slump. Last couple of games have been pretty bad. Pretty bad. Last two games. He, he was having a really nice stretch before. Kind of slumping now. You know, I would love for Santa to bring Kevin Herter back his game. Back his game. Because one thing I like about Kevin Herter is his confidence. He's going to play on both ends of the floor. He's going to try to get to the cup. He's going to work that mid-range game. He's going to shoot the three. And we need Kevin Herter as long as people are out to be, play to play the way he's been playing. You know, outside of these last two games, we need that from Kevin Herter in order to win ball games. Because as we talk about, you know, potential trades and who can go and who can stay, Kevin Herter has played himself on the team. As of right now, there's the chances of him being moved are very low. Very low, in my opinion, right now. They're very low. You know, that can always change, especially if someone offers the right package. We could move off of him, but at, at this point in juncture, I feel like those chances are really low right now. Not something else. We need consistent play from Cam Reddish on both ends of the floor. I like what I've been seeing from Cam Reddish, you know, the last couple of games. He's letting the offense come to him. He's getting to the cup. He's defending. He has a, like I said, I feel like the trade rumors has, you know, jolted something in him, and he's playing a lot better. And, I talked about this on Twitter. Cam Reddish is too athletic, too big to not get about five, six free throw attempts a game. He should. He. I feel like that is something, as I talked about, what Eric Gordon can provide. We need someone who can put their head down, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, give us some easy, easy buckets. Because in the end, if you're a jump shooter, you get to the free throw line, you see some free throw attempts go in. It helps your confidence as a shooter. And 
Tim Reddish needs that. I mean, here's the thing. And I was talking to him, my friend Allen. Shout out, Allen. We have enough jump shooters on this team. At some point, if I'm Cam Reddish, in order to keep yourself in Atlanta, you're going to have to change your, you know, what you're known for. You're, like I said, you can knock down jump shots, and you certainly have the, you know, you, you certainly have the stroke to get hot. But we need you to play inside out first. If you can play inside out with your size, with your athleticism, with your speed, the mismatch that you are, depending on who's guarding you, if you play inside out, it will open up the rest of your game, I guarantee you. And that's what I want to see from Cam Reddish. That's going to lead to more consistent play. He's going to consistently score more points because uh, it's easier to score closer to the basket than it is, you know, beyond the three-point line. That's just a fact. So... I pray for more consistent play from Cam Reddish off the bench. I like what I've been seeing from the last couple of games. Let's continue this. And I would love to see him continue to just score within the offense. Don't be pressed. Don't look for your shot. Let the ball come to you. If you have a look, take it. If it doesn't go in, get back on defense and play with that energy, that intensity. Get the ball back. You can do it. He has the capability to be a really good two-way player in the NBA. But we have, to, we have to see the consistency and we have to see you on the floor. Something else that the Hawks should ask for for Christmas, Mojo for national televised games. We asked for them. Our record is not great. We talked about that last episode in national televised games. We got to get better. We need our Mojo for national televised games so then we can prove to the NBA and fans across the league. The Hawks last year went out a fluke. We're for real. Here's a great showing for you guys to soak in and talk, you know, on ESPN, Fox Sports, those other outlets that just doesn't does not love to give, you know, the Hawks their your, you know, just desserts. We need our mojo for NBA uh, for national televised games. More creative offensive sets. That may be wishful thinking, but we need more creative offensive sets. We need that late in games, throughout the game. I mean, we're still you know, the second high, we have the second highest offensive efficiency rating in the offensive rating in the NBA, but we still have room to improve. Still have room to improve. Certainly down the stretch. Someone to step up as the alpha on the court and rally the troops. I talked about it earlier in the program. That should be on the wish list, whether we trade for that or someone steps up and bees the guy. I would rather have it in-house than to outsource. So Someone needs to step up, take that role. I would love to see more free throw attempts from players outside of Trey Young. We talked about this. You know, I would like to see Gallinari get to the free throw line more. You know, 93% free throw shooter. I'd like to see that. Cam Reddish, as I mentioned. Kevin Herter get to the free throw line. DeAndre Hunter is not a bad free throw shooter when he comes back. Bogey. I would like to see players be more aggressive. You know, go... Get downhill. Get to the free throw line. John Collins is not a bad free throw shooter. Everybody except Capella, basically. Everybody has the capability. You know, maybe not everyone can put the ball on the floor and get to the cup, but get to the free throw line more outside of Trey Young. That just ultimately just helps, you know, the offense. And the last thing I'm, the Hawks should ask for, and it's something that can happen sooner rather than later, 
is for this home losing streak to end. I hope and pray it ends tomorrow. It's a winnable game against the Nuggets. It's not going to be easy. We're going to have to bring it. That same intensity that we brought against Orlando, keep that same energy tomorrow at home. State Farm Arena against the Denver Nuggets and the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. We have to bring it. We lost to them in Denver. Let's return the favor here in Atlanta. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody, I'm ramping up. Okay? I'm ramping up. I'm healthy. You can hear it in my voice. I'm strong. 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 Healthy black man. Shout out to Bernie Mac. But this is the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. I'm revving up. I'm teeing up. Hawks need to tee up. So as the Hawks tee up and I tee up, put people on to this podcast. Hawks fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. You know the drill. Put me on. Follow us for updates at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That is Ethos Hawks on Twitter. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, 67. Guys, Houston was one game. It's alarming, but one game. Like Ray Young said, there's a lot of time, some players that are coming back to turn this around. We take it one game at a time, but we need to bring that energy and that focus every single game, and we need our mojo to return. Hopefully it returns tomorrow against the Nuggets. The plan is to come back and review that Nuggets game, hopefully after a Hawks dub. So I'll catch you the next episode, and you guys have a wonderful Friday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.